0: What is going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Geek Scott Game, the Geek vs. All Video Game Podcast. I'm Josiah LeRoy to me. To me, to me, today. Today. I'm always Josiah LeRoy with me. Papa Yaga himself. With an awesome shirt on if you're watching the video version, John Fick.
1: Thank
0: you. Thanks I love it, man. Me. Howdy. I don't I've never seen that shirt actually.
1: I'm gonna so it's like a Christmas present from Courtney's father, so there's a 100 percent chance it came from JC Ha! <laughs>
0: I I got a lot of shirts from JCPenney over the years. They always have a nice little nerd section for like $8. Yep. So can't go wrong. The Polish pierogi, Jeff Pavlak. Jeff, I haven't broken that one out in a while.
2: Yeah, it has been a while. Although we, you know, didn't really get a dingus day this year. So I guess it's appropriate. RIP. It is what it is. Next year we go crazy though.
0: (laughs) Now, Rashawn, as you can see, I just go willy nilly with nicknames here at the Geekiverse. I, um,
3: I was waiting for mine. I'm like, oh, like, hold on, wait a minute. (laughs) It
0: used used to be a a thing, like back in the day. Like I would literally just call someone something different every time and act like it was their nickname, and they would just be like, "So it just happened." I'm, I'm gonna try one out just to see how it goes for you. Okay, Okay. well, maybe I'll try the next one next week. I'm I'm terrified. So, (laughs) no, 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 it's good. It's based on social media. Oh, also with me, Rashawn Anderson, the king.
3: Oh yes, you got it right. Can I give? You got it right. Can I give you a suggestion? You got it right
1: now. No. <laughs> Come on. Okay. The Platinum Prince. Yeah, it's has okay. to be that. That's the okay. one. I,
3: that's that, that's good. You know
0: right. uh, I am And with me today, the Platinum Prince, Rashawn Anderson. You know. What do you guys I, think?
3: I generally would go against the Prince thing. I don't I don't mess with Prince, but <laughs> it goes right with the, alliteration. the Platinum. Yeah. Prince. I get I get it. Right. So you, you get a pass. That that's I can I can rock rock it. I mean we can workshop but we'll see how it goes. Okay, Platinum this King is just a little better, but you
1: know. Okay okay. With
0: me today the Platinum King, Rashawn Anderson. Guys, I'm gonna try <laughs> try him out over the next few weeks here. So <laughs> there's royalty involved somehow.
3: But I like it.
0: Anyway, Geek Scott Game, uh, hopefully you're uh you're tuning in bi-weekly now. Uh, the show has moved to a new format. We, we were going monthly for the, uh, the last year or so, and we kind of switched things up. So uh, we've got so much content to cover, we thought it was a good idea to do that. So again, thanks for tuning in on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, We'll get to uh, a bunch of news items, and this will be our part one of Game of the Year Watch. So uh, we've gotten past the first quarter of the year, of course. We've had some really heavy hitters early on, and we're going to chronicle some of the titles we think might be hanging around at the end of the year for Game of the Year. First off, as always, we're going to go through what's in your system. So what have you been playing on your various consoles? John, I'm going to start with you. What is in your system? I've been playing a lot of Halo
1: for some reason. yeah i've been booting up that that master chief collection um you know what it is is i'm i'm working from home like many people are and my Xbox is in my living room and this is my office and I work eight hours a day here I'm working like full-time from home So I actually when I when I when I take my lunch break I want to actually leave this room because it does feel like an office now and it no longer feels like my cool game room with Pokemon posters like it feels like an office in here now and This is where my PlayStation is um, So when I go on my lunch break, I want to get out of here So I head downstairs and I don't have my PlayStation. So I'm not playing persona uh, Call of Duty all the kind of the current stuff my Xbox is there so one day last week I randomly decided to boot up Halo, uh the Master Chief Collection, play some Halo too, and that has been like my lunch break ritual for the last week and a half. Playing lots of Halo too, getting just getting a lot, a lot of headshots, you know, just just taking a lot of people out, making a lot of people rage quit. You know how it is. Gotta say, uh you posted a video of a nice double quick double snipe in uh our Buffalo gaming group. That was <laughs> that was <laughs> pretty awesome. I mean it gets intense, man. We we play for real. It's uh it's not a game. I mean it is a game, but it's not a game. You know what it is.
0: It's more than a game. (laughs)
1: Um, Other than Halo, I've been chipping away at Animal Crossing. Um, Actually, like I've been on hold because I've been so overwhelmed. I over—I unlocked the. I think I've mentioned this before, but once I unlocked the terraforming, like the construction kits, I'm just like, there's so much I can do. I don't know what I want to do, so I'm just gonna only use this game to check out and turn up prices and buy and sell turnips for the foreseeable future, because I don't know what I want to do with my island. Um, yesterday, I finally started to chip away at what I think I want to do with a couple of different, like, my little villages and stuff like that. So I picked that back up. Um, Persona 5, that's been a, a huge grind for me lately. I've been having tons of fun with that. Um, I am on the... I just finished the third dungeon. Third dungeon, Rashawn, with the with the banker. Not the banker, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, the bank dungeon. He would, oh. would that be the third? Yes. Mm-hmm. yep so uh, yeah so i just finished the third dungeon um in the the little laps between areas there having tons of fun probably got about like 55 hours into that um yeah it's a game that it's just so good i mean if you're if you like jrpgs at all or if you like are interested in jrpgs and just want to get a taste of what that genre is like persona 5 is just such a such a great game for someone who's new to the genre and if you're if you're all about them it's just it just checks every box man it's so much fun
0: I think we'll be talking a little persona later in the show.
1: We might. actually We may. Maybe.
3: If I have anything to say about it.
1: <laughs> uh, that, that's about <laughs> it. Uh, I will say those three are uh, occupying my time pretty well.
2: <laughs> uh, Jeff, what have you been playing lately? I'm about a month behind everybody else on Animal Crossing, but I'm starting to pick that up more often. Now that I got Fire Emblem Three Houses out of the way, once I got through my third run on that, my schedule opened up dramatically. Um, so I feel like I've made more progress in Animal Crossing in the last two weeks than I did in the first month playing it. My island's really coming together. I still don't have the terraforming yet, um, so I still got to get uh, KK to come to the island, uh, but I'm getting there, uh, really opening up stuff now. Otherwise, uh, still plowing through Fire Emblem Warriors. You know, I never thought I could play what do you call it? Dynasty Warriors kind of game, as much as I have between that and Hyrule Warriors. It's got to be the Zelda Fire Emblem connections there. Uh, but Fire Emblem Warriors is really fun. There's a neat mode once you beat the, or it's outside of the story mode, I, I should say. Um, it's called History Mode, where it takes several of the maps from different uh, games across the series, like literally the 2D sprite based map. And then every enemy that was on the map originally in the original game is a new battle. So as you complete that, that's how you complete the map. So it's just a neat way to kind of honor the series and add more content in there. I mean, there's there's tons of it. This like any Dynasty Warriors game, if you want to play this one for hundred plus hours, you easily can. There's so much you can unlock and mess around with in there.
0: Cool. Good stuff. I uh I with regards to Animal Crossing too, I think your island actually looks pretty good. Like it feels it's felt that way for a few weeks just in the various times I've visited. So well, don't cut you. yourself short. Uh, it, uh, it probably
2: looks even better since the last time you stopped by then. So I look forward to seeing what you think next time you're
0: around. I'm sure I'll be back maybe a week and a half ago. I, I went over to Jeff's Island cause I just wanted to fish cause Jeff is in the Southern hemisphere, which we've talked about on past episodes and it got heated <laughs> uh, ugh, ugh. Not and, because uh, of the climate either. Yeah, definitely not. That was an unintentional pun. And uh, anyway, well, uh, so I, <laughs> I caught about maybe six or seven fish that I just didn't have yet. And uh, the game, as Jeff said, kind of derped. And all of a <laughs> sudden I was back on my island and I only had like two of them. So that was a little bit frustrating. Nothing I can't recover. But... I
2: knew something was wrong when it said someone is leaving and it didn't show the cutscene of like your character walking out like walking through the gate. I'm like, Oh no, something, something's up here. And then yeah. I got your text message a few minutes later. Yo, what happened?
0: <laughs> yeah. I had either been booted or the game derped and it. Alas, it had derped. I think it derped. Uh, I think I, it derped.
2: I go, I'm going with it. Derp. Big derp. I think
0: so too. Rashan, what have you been playing? You just, you crushed out a, a few big games. The last time we talked in, uh, in the few weeks since anything new, uh, on your gaming plate at all.
3: Oh man, that is that's the question, isn't it? Um surprisingly no. Uh so, I don't think I said it on this show uh the last time I was on, but I think I might have said this on our Facebook group, but Persona 5 Royal and Final Fantasy 7 Remake by far the best one-two punch in gaming I've ever played. Like I've never I've never experienced anything like that. You know, I've played multiple games back to back to back to back or, you know, two big games back to back. Never have I experienced, uh, a, the whirlwind of emotions, uh, and just the sheer amount of content and just goodness that I played back to back there. So I'm still in a law right now. Uh, I've been in a lull, I think for about a week, I was maybe about a week cause I did my, uh, one and only playthrough of, of persona five Royal. um, Then you, I went to Final Fantasy VII remake. Then after beating that on the normal mode, I beat it on the hard mode to get the platinum trophy. So I technically played that game twice. Um, And sometimes I go through—I don't know why this happens to me—but I'll go through a game if I felt fulfilled, I guess, by a game, like in a good way. I'll like go on not a not a extended hiatus, but I, I just need like a week or two to just like to get into something else. I think it's my brain having to accept the fact that listen, man, more than likely, whatever you're playing is not going to be better than what you just played, especially with these two games, which we'll talk about more in depth later. You, you need like a mental reset. <laughs> so there's some games I have I have ideas on starting. Um, there was uh on Jeff's point, I'm considering um, doing my second run through fire emblem, three houses. I did the, my first run, When the game obviously originally came out, uh, Black Eagles. And then I'm considering going back. I'm not, I just know if I once I started, I got to commit. So I'm not 100% there yet because the last thing I want to do is get 30 hours in and then I don't pick it up for months. That's the last thing I want to do. That game is such a gem. I want to give it my full time and attention. So I'm considering that. Couple of you may have seen I'm debating on doing Neo 2 or not. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a big from software souls guy. Um if we're talking about my list of platinum trophies, Bloodborne and Sekiro are are two of them. Uh <laughs> and Dark Souls 1 is one of my favorite games of all time. Um it's only a matter of time before that gets added to the list, too. So even though obviously this isn't a from software game, just that style, that style of game. Um I played Neo One. I was iffy on it so that's why I'm really hesitant here with Neo 2 but I lo- I love those these action RPGs that really challenge you and that that really push you to your limits I would say because I think it makes me a better gamer. So there, there I mean there's a couple options there. Um I know there's a big spring sale going on on PSN. I actually got to really double check that tonight cuz I think that ends tonight if I'm not mistaken or tomorrow, one of the last days of April, um but I know it is still going on right now. So nothing at the moment but I do have some ideas. Just a matter of what I want to commit another potential thirty to sixty hours to. <laughs> Rashad, so, <that laughs> so because, yeah,
2: when you say you did Black Eagles on Fire Emblem Three Houses, did you yes. side with the Church or with Edelgard?
3: Edelgard. That was a, that man. There was there was no discussion. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that's yeah, fine because
2: I uh, I I'd tell you that Edelgard absolutely deserved to die. But that's that's just you and me.
1: <laughs> oh oh man, man. I,
0: I knew for a fact that. If instantly, Pavlak had taken the opposite choice. Just.
1: <laughs> no <laughs> well, context. I have no idea what they're I've talking about, it. but
0: I've I know. Played, I, played I, knew by the
2: four, I played three of the four possible story routes, in a, and as well as the, the DLC side story. The only one I haven't done is the one that Ray Sean has done. And that's because you side with, in that story route that he did, you side with the character who's one of the main villains in all other story routes. So, the first time I played the game, she was one of the main antagonists. So, I hate her guts, and I could never al- align myself with her. <laughs>
3: It's Although Rashawn,
2: also another thing is the yeah. route you did is far and away the shortest route of the four. That's only 16 chapters. The other ones are 21 and 22 chapters, respectively. So, so I, f- yeah, you're so gonna I have found to, out. Yeah. You're gonna have to dedicate a lot of time if you play any of the other routes.
3: Exactly. And and let me and let me say something real quick before we move on. Um Fire Emblem Three Houses, I personally feel like for whatever reason, maybe I'm in a minority here. Doesn't get as much love as it deserves. This game uh, was a gem of last year. Um, again, in my opinion, I don't feel like it's been talked about as much. So I will call it the one of the biggest sleeper hits like of this generation. Like this game, like like Jeff's talking about here, it gives you so much content. Um, I think you said what was mine was 16 chapters. I, I'm, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly, excluding so, paralogues, no less. E- exactly. Exactly. Without doing any of that other stuff as well. The DLC episode just came. Out. I actually started that uh, before I went on vacation at Disney uh, back in March. And then I just never picked it back up. So that's, that's what I'm saying. I need to commit if I'm going to start this yeah. game again, but it is such a gem man. you get so, so much content. You get four storylines. Uh, t- Well, I, okay. Well, three and a half, three and a half storylines um, we're being fair. But, I know Fire Emblem's you know known for their content and they're a big JRPG franchise but Three Houses they they really hit it out of the park. Uh, you know in terms of I know we're going to talk game of the year of 2020 later so far but in terms of 2019 it was definitely up there. It wasn't my game of the year for for 2019 but definitely up there and I don't see it on a lot of game of the year lists for 2019.
2: Last year I had said that Super Mario Maker 2 was game of the year. However, since playing two more runs on Fire Emblem Three Houses earlier this year in 2020, I would have to redo that. Then, like if I were to say it now, I would say Fire Emblem Three Houses was the best game of 2019, having played more of it since I since it released.
3: Yeah, I, w- I won't argue with you. Definitely it's, not. It's the
2: best Fire Emblem game of the franchise, no less. Too, I would I would argue that as well. It's it's For the sure. best of the entire series.
3: I definitely agree.
0: <clears throat> Rashon, you bring up a good point. You said. You know, you play a good game or maybe a lengthy game and you um you almost feel like you need a mini hiatus. I think <laughs> it's good to let it stew, right? You let it yeah, sure. sit, you think about it, you read stuff online, other people's opinions on it. It's kinda of fun once you beat a game to look up stuff on it, I think.
3: Yeah. So, well- one well last deserves. thing one last thing I'll mention as well. Uh, so I'm in that I'm in that mode with Final Fantasy 7 right now. So they've released the um in Japan they, they released the, the Ultimania. So they do this for Final Fantasy. Uh they do it for Kingdom Hearts as well. And this is where uh Square Enix they just really go in depth. So it's like it's like Think of like the Star Wars movies, how every Star Wars movie has a novelization. Think of it like that. So they'll elaborate on little story points. They'll elaborate on characters. Each character gets like full bios on anything you want to know about them. Like, I'm not kidding you. It literally gives you the character's blood type. Um, so and they really go in depth and they and, and unfortunately uh for us we have to wait for translations so on twitter these translations have been coming out coming out coming out i've just been reading through those and of course you're getting other people's opinions on the game so that decompressed state that you just mentioned i'm definitely in that with final fantasy 7 remake and then again all this ultimania stuff is just adding to the experience that you know that people are currently playing and obviously that i've finished already
0: yeah, no, that's I that is super in-depth. You're not wrong there.
3: Yeah, That's
0: that's pretty crazy. <laughs> um my gaming plate's been a, a little bit light lately. Um, I feel like maybe in the last week and a half for the first time, I've a lot I've lost the Animal Crossing bug a little bit. Maybe I'm a, a little bit where John is, where he's mostly logging on to see turnip prices, play the stock market a little bit. Um that's that's where I've been at. And that's kind of fun. My my wife is still really, really into it, so she's been playing. Um, you know, any, any chance she gets, but I've had this, you know, I don't know if it's because we've got all this star Wars coverage coming up or if it's just star Wars and that's me all the time, maybe the latter, but uh, I've been playing star Wars bounty hunter on PS4. So last summer limited run games did a a re-release of the PS2 game. And uh, they, they, I want to say they only made like 7,000 copies and this is what limited run games does. I love what they do. And, uh, I finally am playing through it. They kind of up the graphics just a, a touch. It's, it's clearly uh, a game from 2002 or whenever it released initially. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like I, it, It's crazy. I think it's a really, really nice story. It's basically, without going too spoilery for anyone that, that cares about that, that uh, this is how Jango Fett comes to be the guy that is the template for the clone army. It's voiced by Tamara Morrison, who is Django Fett in the movies. Uh, it it's just overall it's pretty good. There are some really dated things in it, like uh, how you move the camera with your right thumbstick just is really really wonky. There's a few things from uh, a platforming aspect that just don't work, and they probably didn't work back in the day either. But I was maybe a little bit naive on it. Regardless, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I'm having a nice trip down uh, memory lane. Uh, I I've probably got just. I think I'm on the the final chapter here where I'm going to to meet the final boss. But uh I definitely encourage you to go play it. If you got a PS3 or PS4, you can get it in the online store as a digital download. Just the uh, the physical copy was kind of a limited edition. So uh inc- I encourage you to play that. I also uh, was playing Star Wars Racer Revenge, which was another limited run game I picked up last year. It uh it was originally again a PS2 game. Basically it's just pod racing. It has a nice little story mode which you know you can really complete in a night. But that was a game that I I played when I was eleven and twelve uh, on my PS2, and it's kind of nice to go back and it's almost like you know turning your brain off playing some some games you've gone through already uh, while we wait for some some bigger ones that are about to come out.
1: Josiah, you reminded me of something I actually picked up a little bit. Um, I don't even know, don't even recall installing this on my Xbox One, but another situation where I've just been in front of that machine more often. Um, but the Force Unleashed Two is apparently a Game Pass game, or maybe Ooh. it was. Uh, might have been a game yeah so game with gold game pass probably probably both at one point um had it installed so i just booted it up and i've never played either of those games i was just like oh let's let's just hop into a a star wars game halfway through the story and see what's going on so i i've I've had like two sit downs with that where i'm just kind of just hacking and slashing having fun i probably put about maybe five hours into it if that um it's been fun uh i i can I'm, i'm glad that we've come a lot further in, in, in Star Wars games than the, what we got there. Um, Look, like kind of blown away with how good it looked. Do you know what year that game came out? I know you're, you're the guy for that. This was uh, two, two, yeah, yeah, it was two twenty ten. Okay, so a late ish three sixty game. I mean, it, it it looks better than I expected it to when I booted it up, seeing Vader and and some of those those yeah. cutscenes and look pretty good. And it's been fun. I gotta say. uh, you
0: know, I'm happy you're kind of, sort of enjoying that one because one was far and away better. Yeah. Only because two, I hate to say it, but it was a total cash grab. Uh, the first game came out in 2008, and it felt like they were like, "Oh crap, we really need to capitalize on this" when they could have waited and people would have been just as eager for it. But yeah, but it's EA. It <laughs> or was
1: it EA? No, it wasn't. Oh, it, was, was, oh, uh, yeah, it was this was pre-deal.
0: It was LucasArts, which is really disappointing. The game plays fine, but the story doesn't really. Uh, Get super exciting, and it felt like it was only half finished.
1: Long story short, you're probably going to finish the game very soon. Yeah, I will say, like in in those five hours, I the only story <laughs> I got was like the opening cutscene. I've I've gotten nothing else. I've just yeah. been progressing through like this level, and nothing. <laughs> have you else run have... into any uh any classic characters yet? No, other than Vader in the beginning, that's it. Okay, yep.
0: uh, it's kind of cool, but it's just so there for the sake of being there which is mean, a little frustrating. There's
1: very little chance I'm going to pick it back up. It was one of those things where I'm like oh just more like, almost morbid curiosity there. I'm like oh this is on my Xbox. Let's press A and boot it up and see how quickly yeah. it boots and see how quickly I get bored.
0: The first one I'm I'm definitely going to play through again at some point. That was a really nice complete one game. One is
3: really good. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah I, I thought it was as I said complete like that was a good story beginning to end. Is that on game? And one of the, uh, I don't know that Why but not? Uh, that was one of the probably the best stories we lost with the the old Star Wars canon. I'd say, I do and it kind of like ties into the the start of the Rebel Alliance. And there's very prominent characters in that game that are not there just for the the hell of it, which is is really good. And there's DLC. There were three DLC packs, and they were kind of part of what they call like a Star Wars Infinite storyline. And they're really really awesome based on the ending you choose in uh, the mainline game. So I definitely encourage you to go back or e- if you don't want to just you know look it up. It's impressive stuff.
1: So update, the only Star Wars game apparently that's on Game Pass is LEGO Star Wars 3. So it must have been, so Force Unleashed 2 must have been a Game with Gold game <laughs> that I redeemed at one point. Gotcha.
0: Okay. But I swore it was on Game Pass.
1: Maybe, maybe it was and it came off in the last three or four days. <laughs>
0: so one thing in all of this kind of prequel Star Wars video game nostalgia that I've had recently. um, I found an interesting tidbit. There was going to be a a third game in the force unleashed series that was canceled. It was going to explore some interesting things. However, I was looking back there. So there's an episode one and episode three tie in video game to, to the movies. Basically, you know, those games are typically garbage. I always wondered why there wasn't one for episode two attack of the clones. I thought that was bizarre. So as I was kind of looking around at uh, some of these, these past games and just reading up on them, uh, BioWare was actually commissioned by, by LucasArts to make an attack of the clones tie-in game. Crazy, right? However, uh, LucasArts gave them the choice to do a tie-in movie or something original. That something original ended up being Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, One of the, like the most, uh, Like lauded after Star Wars games of all time, like that is number one on many many lists. So I always thought, you know, that's just insane. So I read up on it, and and that's where it was. Do you think? Can you believe that they almost made an Attack of the Clones game? Do you think maybe none of that alternate
1: history looked like? Maybe none of that's true, and they just didn't make it because nothing happened to that movie. So they just so they just came up with this story.
0: (laughs) I'm not (laughs) not answering
2: that. I'm not wrong
1: about that. Okay, he's trying to hook me. He's trying to hook me. Pavlov. I'm going to slap you. And Rashawn, we'll get to know each other better first. I'm trying to but, I'm trying to hindsight you.
0: Yeah. You definitely are. So another alternate history was that Arkham Asylum was supposed to be a tie-in movie to The Dark Knight. And Rocksteady wanted to do yes. their own thing. And then look mm. what we got. So do your that. own thing. Be original. It's good. Cool. And At Attack of the Clones is good. So no, uh, look really. into the news. No. La 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 la. We're <laughs> reading the news here. Uh, we've got a bunch of news items, Pavlok, on the list. Number one, uh, we've got some really good news, actually. The Last of Us Part 2, that indefinite delay was not all that long. Uh, Naughty Dog and PlayStation announced a release date of June 19th, and that pushed, uh, pushed Ghost of Tsushima back to July 17th. Not too bad. That's uh, about a month or so, I think, from the original date.
1: Yeah, it was May th- June 26th? May 29th was the original. Uh, well, you're talking about Ghost, sorry. Yes.
0: So, uh, that's great. Hey, we're again, only a few months away from that. Yeah. Uh, let's leave out bullet point two. Let's talk about this real quick. John, initial thoughts and excitement.
1: I can't really, you're the guy. I can't really comment on that without talking about bullet point two. Okay. So So, we'll bring in bullet point two then. (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, so as great as that news is, uh, unfortunately, probably, possibly, Spurred on by uh, a Last of Us Part Two spoilers, uh, general leak out, you know, outed by a, allegedly a disgruntled Naughty Dog employee, former employee or current? Do we former. know? Okay. Well, yeah. Gotcha. So, um, some it's... some unfortunate stuff there that was unavoidable or unavoidable for some people on social media. Yeah. Just before I get your guys' reactions, uh, I'm going to read two things here. Neil Druckmann tweeted out, uh, so just a few days ago on April 27th, heartbroken for the team, heartbroken for our fans. We're still incredibly excited to get the game into your hands. Well, that rhymed. It was like poetry. That that was great. Uh, And then Naughty Dog released a statement on the same day, of course. We know the last few days have been incredibly difficult for you. We feel the same. It's disappointing to see the release and sharing of pre-release footage from development. Do your best to avoid spoilers, and we ask that you don't spoil it for others. The Last of Us Part 2 will be in your hands soon. No matter what you see and hear, the final experience will be worth it. So some unfortunate stuff there, especially if this game has been spoiled for you. Now, John, yeah. you know, give us your thoughts on the excitement and the unfortunate part of, of yeah. this
1: being spoiled. And the reason I wanted to bring that in first is because that, that happened first, obviously. Uh, the spoilers came out early early this week. Was It was, was it even late last week. It may have been over the weekend people were getting spoiled. I think um, it was late Saturday night. Okay, late Saturday night. Yeah. Break. So all of a sudden I get a text in my my video game group chat that like someone said, Oh my god, there's spoilers for the last of us and I know that because I just got spoiled. Like I know the whole game basically. And then we're all just like all on edge. I'm like, Oh, my god, that's such a bummer. That's that's rough, dude. We're all going through Twitter, setting up our, our mutes and stuff like that to make sure nothing happens. And then another buddy who is setting up his mutes on Twitter, got spoiled by the the Twitter desktop page because the recommended or the promoted hashtags, not even promoted, just the trending hashtags on, on the desktop page of Twitter, they don't care what you have muted. Whatever is trending is trending. It could be the exact word that you have muted and they will show you. Mutes only work in your timeline. That's how I got spoiled with uh, episode one of The Mandalorian. It basically it literally just said hashtag The Mandalorian under that subtweet, Baby Yoda. I'm like... What the heck's a Baby Yoda? Oh, okay. That's probably in the first episode. Um, so yeah, someone else got spoiled. And it, and it seemed like three or four of my my close friends also got spoiled. So it seems like there's a lot of people out there just being really uh, less than ideal when it comes to keeping this stuff a secret. Uh, so huge bummer. But I think we all realize that that kind of pushed Naughty Dog's hand to give us a release date because that was one of my that was my biggest takeaway. It's like, all right, spoilers suck. It, it's really tough to avoid this kind of stuff, but we've all been there. We all know re- review embargoes come out first and we know the information gets out there. You know, think about movies like Endgame. We know we know that movie was out like a week before that, that that we got to see it. So we all needed the stuff and we didn't go on Twitter. But when you don't have a release date for the content and you have no idea when it's going to come out, it's super super frustrating to know that all the main story points are out there. So I was I was bummed over the weekend knowing that like I can just take a wrong click and this game spoiled for me. So then bringing to the news that we finally get another release date, not as long as I was expecting. Um, again, I think this was this was Naughty Dog's hand being forced here. Um, I'll agree with some other people who, who have said that this game was probably going to come out in the fall at this point. They, they were probably just going to hold it for that big holiday push and get as much as they could out of it because they had no reason not to. But now they, they kind of have a reason to get it out of the door. These, these leaks are no good. So... Bittersweet. Glad to have the game uh, in June, but still got to be careful. Uh, Pavlok,
0: reaction and uh, thought on all of this?
2: I actually said it to Rayshawn and John earlier uh, before we started recording. Um, When I saw that the news was breaking, I audibly gasped. I've never played The Last of Us, but I know just how monumental that game is and what it means to people. And when I saw what was happening, I couldn't believe it. Just you and me had a conversation then a couple weeks ago. We a funny conversation. We said this whole fiasco with the Cooking Mama game is one of the craziest stories we've seen in gaming in a while. This blows it out of the water. This is one of the wildest occurrences i can ever remember it's, in the video game industry and it's
1: like almost like with a film you expect it it's like oh some there's some set footage out from from avengers or whatever happened or you know there's so many people work on these these movies in different studios and stuff like that so like we kind of have that precedent we know this stuff can happen with movies but when it's a, like a, a top tier AAA a game before we even know that the press has got their hands on it and that kind of stuff gets leaked it's like uh-oh this is no good and apparently it
2: is like the full story that's out like Every, some of the details are huge like it is it's the focal point of the narrative
0: Rashan, uh thoughts and reaction
3: yeah so obviously this is disappointing um for me the last of us was i don't think it was my favorite game of last generation but i will be hard pressed to find a better game that came out last generation so when it comes to something like this this wasn't supposed to be the big send-off for playstation well obviously besides ghost of tsushima but i think we this was the main event and you know this was the game that was gonna take us into the next generation and that sony and naughty dog were gonna be you know rolling in dough as you will uh but besides like the bad news there's a bigger question i think that needs to be talked about with this game and the key thing here is It may sound ridiculous at first, but I think this is a real possibility here. Are there people that are going to, like, are people still going to buy this game uh, who get spoiled? I think there's a ton of people that I've seen um, on social media that have gotten spoiled. And based on their reactions, whether it be positive, negative, or meh, it's kind of like, well, why would I play this game? You know, when you look at the first Last of Us, that is definitely like one of the most cinematic games of all time you play that game for the story sure yes is it a third person shooter yes does it have some really good gameplay mechanics yes it does but the big thing that anyone talks about last of us you talk about the story you don't talk about uh the gunplay you don't talk about the you don't you don't talk about anything besides the story even though the uh, other game has phenomenal elements in itself so for a game that you're just playing the story for if that gets ruined for you at that point do you invest $60 into that? I'm sure for a lot of people, the answer is probably still yes. People have been looking forward to this game all generation. But for a lot of people who not necessarily, I would say we're on the fence, but just maybe more casual gamers or maybe even some hardcores. It, it really depends on the person. But I, I've i talked to a couple people that are bowing out of this game for just due to being spoiled whether it was because they were disappointed whether it's because again it's a cinematic experience and now that part of it has been taken out so i don't want to invest uh, 20-25 hours into a game that my experience is probably ruined for um i'm on the Oh, go ahead. Yep.
2: Uh, so it's definitely going to take a hit also because Naughty Dog now has a serious black eye on themselves. This whole leak stems from a disgruntled employee who was trying to bring attention to their widely reported toxic culture at that workplace. Their crunch sounds absolutely absurd over there. And just some uh, some of the workplace conditions, just completely unacceptable. From mm-hmm. what's been reported by sites like Kotaku, uh, I believe Jason Sreer has uh, reported on it numerous times. If you're making employees work 19-hour workdays, which was one figure that I saw, that is that, that's just that's morally wrong. That's not even that's not even a question. Yeah. So, so now yeah. I think Naughty Dog is suffering yeah, from some sure. serious brand damage.
0: They they definitely are, and I think um, you know we did see some of this to a degree in terms of. Crunch in in PR with uh,
1: Red Dead. Oh my gosh!
0: Yes, with Red Dead. I almost said Rocksteady. <laughs> it's always on the brain. <laughs> and um, it sounds like you know from reports that things have maybe turned a corner. Of course, we'll never know the whole whole story, but it sounds like uh, stuff has gotten better. They've eliminated some uh, higher level managers there that were helping to create that toxic toxic culture uh, over at Rockstar, and you know maybe. Maybe if we're looking at the glass half full, some of that happens with Naughty Dog as we move forward. But for the immediate situation, it really just sucks. Can you, you know put yourself in, in in Neil Druckmann's shoes or any really any of the team there that that had pride in this game that really poured their heart and soul into it over the last six seven years, and it just sucks, man. To, to have that out there and open to be this close to the finish line and getting this this story that is. Probably again so near and dear to your heart, out to the world, and is so near and dear to so many video gamers out there. Um, it's just not good. There's there's no way to slice it from that angle at all. And my my words of advice, you know, if anyone unfortunately has had that spoiled for them, if you're in a position to still get that game, get the game, go through it and enjoy it. Maybe you, you'll you'll still find a way to do that. I I it's easy for me to say because I have not the game has not been spoiled for me, but I, I feel like I I would still go and get it. I, I would. I, I imagine I would enjoy it still. Stuff gets spoiled from time to time, and you you can kind of still find a way. Of course, it sucks. But uh, the other thing I would say is, if you know anything about the story, please be careful. Don't ruin it for somebody else. Just you would think that would go without saying. Don't ruin it for somebody else. So my goodness.
1: The way the way one of my friends got spoiled is because the initial friend who got spoiled liked the tweet that spoiled it for them.
0: Oh,
2: right. right.
1: And, and they were just like, well, it's already done for me now. Might as well. I mean, just, you know, not even thinking, just liked it. And that just showed up on my other friend's timeline. it, it was before he had stuff muted yeah. because that would have, I think that would have, the mute would have fixed that, but he wasn't looking for stuff. And it just popped up that, you know, this person liked this tweet and the full tweet was just there on the timeline. And it was like a thumbnail with a video and nice big red arrow and everything like that. So.
2: The timing of it was also really bad, and it's kind of a perfect storm for people getting spoiled because, like I said, I believe it all started to break late Saturday night. So a lot of people were waking up Sunday morning, and this is the first thing yeah. that they're <laughs> seeing. Like, like there's no time to prepare for it. There, That's the very first headline that you see if you're logging onto your social media accounts were, or you're going uh, to your favorite
1: game site or whatnot. There were people... Like obviously there's people who are predatory with spoilers there were people who were just going through the last of us subreddit and just going through users who have commented on any post in the last of us subreddit or posted and just sending them direct messages on reddit with the spoilers so if you've ever been active in that subreddit within the last i don't know how much time they had in their hands i i use that subreddit probably haven't posted in a couple months so i'm sure i'm safe but like yeah people were saying I, i i tossed a comment on a post like two weeks ago and all of a sudden i just get dm'd a spoiler like great Thanks. I
2: feel I feel terrible for fans. It's horrible. I yeah, uh, feel absolutely terrible if you were genuinely, you know, passionate about The Last of Us and eagerly looking forward to this game.
0: Let me uh, let me ask you guys this before we move on to uh, the next bullet point here. But uh, have you had anything, uh, whether it was near and dear or, or just uh, a game or a movie that maybe you just looked forward to? Anything spoiled for you? And if so, how was it spoiled?
1: Yeah, I got. One I know we you. talked
0: about it. Uh, maybe a, f- a few months ago,
1: but yeah. I'd love to revisit it. Whenever we talked about it, this will be the same example, but it was uh, Bioshock Infinite for me. Um, I was already playing. The game was already out. I was playing it. It must have been like three or four days into the game being out. I hadn't beaten it yet. Um, I'm going to say the spoiler. The game's pretty old at this point. So if you really don't want to you know, hear it, mute me for a second. But I'm just scrolling through a Reddit post that has nothing to do with video games. It's like our funny or something like that. And like a third comment tree down. Someone just literally says, Comstock is Booker. And I'm like, what? That's so fresh in my mind. I see that word Comstock. I'm drawn right to- towards it. I'm like, what? What do you? Why? Just out of nowhere, just completely, completely random. Uh, just, it that that really bummed me. That was one of those things. That I'm just like, this is one of my favorite like game experiences I've had in a very long time. This story is just like s- sucking me in like crazy. I'm so enthralled. I can't wait to see what happens next. And like, I was probably five or six hours away from the ending. Then all of a sudden. <sighs> that just pops in there. So that was a bummer, but that was one of those things I just had to like buckle down and tell myself like, hey, you've enjoyed this. You know, you don't know how this reveal is going to happen. You don't even know how that happens. Like the, the, the different dimensions weren't even talked about yet. So I didn't know that stuff. Uh, it's just like, you know, bummer.
0: Yeah, that sucks. Pavluck.
1: I'm
2: trying to think of something. And honestly, I think I'm pretty lucky. I can't I can't <laughs> remember anything off the top of my head that's really you know really killed my enthusiasm for something based on a spoiler.
3: No, Rashawn, a anything spoiled um, for you? We talking uh just games or are we talking movies to entertainment uh, in general? Anything. All right, so I have two examples. I'll make this quick. My first example, um I actually didn't get spoiled, but it was a terrifying time in my in my life. <laughs> just <laughs> recently last year with uh Kingdom Hearts 3 actually. So uh for those who don't know, John, you know, knows all too well. Uh Kingdom Hearts 3 was it's an understatement to say that was my most anticipated game of the year. That was is most anticipated game of my lifetime. There was no game that I was more hyped and excited for than that game. And it came out January twenty-ninth of twenty nineteen. A month before the release, um, I'm kind of blinking actually on the specific news story, but I believe it was something to the lines of the game. The entire game pretty much got leaked because um, a couple people from a shipping company got their hands on the game that was supposed to be distributing uh, the game. So it was a distribution issue, and then there were multiple copies of the game that were you know sold off at that point uh, to the highest bidder for uh, for whoever you know was was a victim or, or the culprits of this um so for that entire month and again this isn't like a, a week or you know two days last of us fans unfortunately are going to have to experience what i had to experience uh for a little bit longer of a time frame but a month of having to Mute words on Twitter. Uh, Stop going on Twitter altogether. Uh, The muting, uh, not looking at the homepage on YouTube, because if you're a Kingdom Hearts nerd like me or a nerd of anything of your favorite thing in general, you probably watch a lot of YouTube content based on whatever that is. So, of course, if someone has Kingdom Hearts 3 Final Boss It's going to show up in your recommended feed on your homepage. So there were ways that uh, the Kingdom Hearts community was getting trying to get around that. And even though that always actually didn't quite work. um, So it was a terrifying month. So I never I never got spoiled. Thank the Lord. But there were a few YouTube thumbnails I saw of um, certain things that. They weren't really spoiler-ish territory, but definitely if you clicked on it, you would have got spoiled, but I definitely wish I didn't see some of those thumbnails, but nothing was ruined there. Um, I'm going to break some news here in my life <laughs> to to a lot of my friends here because um, I kept it quiet because I was kind of embarrassed, but a year later, it is what it is. Um, believe it or not, I actually got spoiled on Endgame. Oh, no. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. Woo! Now on the flip side... Kingdom Hearts 3 was by far my most anticipated game of my lifetime. Avengers Endgame was by far my most anticipated movie of my lifetime. There has never been a single movie that I was more hyped for than Endgame. The closest thing was Infinity War. But again, those are kind of like, tightly linked together. Some say um, better films. I mean, depending on who you well, ask. We'll yeah. find out. Yeah, we'll some,
2: find yeah.
3: Yeah. some people <laughs> do, Yeah. So with that, it was a situation of just this one wasn't even on YouTube, Twitter. This was Facebook. Booted up Facebook. And oh, and the worst part, the worst part, Who John, I think we went, we went together too. We did. Um no one, no one that you would know, but the worst part, I got spoiled on Endgame four to four to five hours before my showtime. So did Dan Z that was the worst part it's not like i got spoiled and i got to think about it for a mu- uh, for like a month or two weeks i got spoiled right before my showtime i went for a walk i come in, uh go back into my car i look at facebook and then a kid i used to go to uh i think middle school or high school with tony stark dies oh my god oh, and i'm no. just like so he's blocked as you can imagine <laughs> and 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 the I couldn't. I, I didn't know how to feel. It's so gutting it, just, gutting. it just it, yes. it is gutting. Yeah. It's, it's gutting, and that that was terrible. And did, now, did that hinder my experience with the film? To answer Joe's question, no, it didn't. Because I refuse my mental my mental state refused to let that happen. All yeah. these uh, years uh, built up, but of course, as you're watching the movie now. I mean, I was going to pay attention to Robert Downey and a Tony Stark character regardless, but every little thing he did now, I had a preconceived notion about it. Yeah. So I guess in a way it kind of did in a way, but there were still so many other scenes in the film that I'm jumping up and down, I'm screaming. And at the end of the day, I walk out, you know, having a having one of the you know best Marvel movies uh, in, in the bag there. So. Yeah. yeah. So I have two sides. One being terrified of being spoiled and luckily I didn't. And then the other side is yeah. So <laughs> there's two Man. different things there. I Oof.
0: can't wait to talk about that more in like 23 weeks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's going to be great. Right. <laughs> uh, real quick. Uh, so I
0: had uh, kind of two things that come to mind. For me, it was kind of my fault. Uh, I was I was where I shouldn't have been in terms of like staying too close to this content, but like uh, heavy rain. Oh,
1: okay. Heavy, heavy rain.
0: yeah. So heavy rains, killer. Wow. Which that hurt, but you know what? I was I was halfway through the game, and I said, I don't care. I'm gonna keep going. There's 77 different endings, and you know, it was what it was. Uh, and then uh, this was really kind of at a small scale, and we talked about it before, and John knows this, but Jedi Fallen Order, uh, a prominent character towards the end of the game. Their appearance that that would have been nice to to see otherwise was in a YouTube thumbnail. Yeah,
1: that happened um, to me too. So,
0: and it, I was uploading a Geekiverse video. So it basically, it was you know on the the right hand side. I was on a computer and it was really unavoidable. Like there was no way. I, it was just it was totally random and that's where it showed up. Because guess what? I'm always looking at Star Wars content. Uh, but I kind of mentioned it to John, who had finished the game, and he texted me. He said, "Don't let it bother you." And I was like, "You know, what? I'm good." I obviously I trust John's judgment when it comes to that stuff, and he knows my gaming style and my my fandom of Star Wars, and it didn't really affect me. The heavy rain stuff did a little bit more, and then uh, lastly, a friend of mine. So you got some of you guys will know him. TJ Luckman had the Force Awakens spoiled. He uh, he was the recipient of a text. Uh, either the day of the release of the movie or the day before, it was an image of Han Solo with the lightsaber going through his his stomach. Oh, so no. come on, and man. it was bullet pointed, maybe uh, five or six things, where it would say Kylo Ren is Han and Leia's son, yada yada. Went down the list, and you got a text from a total stranger.
1: Man, no one is following that, anything like that.
0: Like, how do you avoid that? That that's that's. Ugh. My gosh, he still loved the movie. He still went to the next four, you know, day one with us. so sure. but that that's a tough one. I think. force away can I, can
3: I just say some two quick things real quick? Yep. One, when it comes to heavy rain, so on the flip side of you, that was a game that I started playing. As it as it you know for the first time, and I got spoiled on it, and I never went back and finished it. Um, so the alternative side to you, and when it comes to the uh, the Force Awakens point, um, one of my best friends he actually got spoiled. Um, if he's watching this, he's probably going to be laughing. Um, he got spoiled from watching a live stream, I believe, of CNN, and of course, you know, you have the comments scrolling down and everything, and one of them was. On solo died on a CNN post about something i, I forgot the you know the news <laughs> story he was he was trying to listen into, but as he's listening to his news story in in the morning uh yeah star force awakens get spoiled for it. Such so a you just it, so in times like the not only and i say that story just to say for for last of Us fans just you're going to have to do what I did with kingdom hearts three. Just, you gotta be careful. Like literally it's going to suck, but you got everywhere you go on social media until release day. Now you gotta really be careful. Even if you're, even if you're a, a baker and you're, you're watching some yeah. Gordon Ramsey on YouTube, just, he's got to be careful. He's got to be careful, man.
0: Couldn't agree more. Uh, so, uh, half glass, half full. We're getting the, the game very soon. Hopefully it does well. I'm sure it will, I mean, you know, we, I'm sure it'll do well from a commercial and critical standpoint. Speaking of doing well from a commercial and critical standpoint, Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, it sold some some copies. This, this game is uh, flying off the digital shelf, if you will. So from superdataresearch.com, Animal Crossing New Horizons sold more digital units in a single month, 5 million, than any console game in history. The Nintendo published title broke the console record for monthly digital game sales previously held by a little-known title, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Animal Crossing New Horizons also roughly matched the first month digital sales of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Pokemon Sword and Shield put together. Combined. What? The game's combination of social features and a relaxing setting likely appealed to individuals stuck at home.
1: No.
2: Yeah. So... There's more wow. to it. Than that. There's more to it. Nintendo said that it is their third biggest launch ever, only behind Super Smash Brothers Brawl for Wii and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So more than any Mario platformer, any Mario game in general, whether that be Mario Kart, Mario Party, more than any Zelda, more than any Pokemon game.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the g- the game
2: is popular. I think we I, can say. I can't wait to see the actual numbers on this when I know. Nintendo really its quarterly really report. It's going I'm be so, so interested to know the numbers
0: on this. It's truly amazing, and I want to say to me, definitely for a console game. So, it this is unprecedented. At least you know, just obviously you are seeing the numbers so far. But like, think about it. We've talked about it on on different shows. How many people on your timeline or your uh, your news feed on Facebook? Just how many. Friends, family members, colleagues that traditionally don't play games have been like waiting in line, essentially, almost to get a switch. That either found one and are you know posting their friend code to say add me, or like it's kind of great, honestly. From a, a a gaming enthusiast, I love this. It's cool to see because this is yeah. introducing. And I case in point, probably the the best example is right in my house. It's it's Lauren, my wife, playing this game and finding this obsession because it's always been super supportive and reasonable when it comes to my video game obsession. But let me tell you now, like she really gets it. She, and she, like I said, I can't stress enough how great she's always been, but now it's like, she'll be like, well, I played for an hour. You should go play a game you like for an hour and I'll go watch our, our one and a half year old. Like it, it's just, it's new level. So <laughs> to, to be selfishly, it's awesome. But man, These numbers, like Pavlak said, I can't wait to see where we are even in a few weeks or when Nintendo releases these official
1: uh, stats. For sure. It's going to be amazing. I want to jump off your point. So, very similar situation in my my household. Uh, My fiance has not owned a game system since the Game Boy Advance. That was the last game system she owned. And she purchased a Switch Lite just for Animal Crossing. I just checked. So, I had a week and a half head start on her. Uh, My clock time... (laughs) My clock sure. time in Animal Crossing New Horizons is 105 hours or more. Don't know why Nintendo has to do it that way, but that's the way they do it. 105 hours or more for me. My fiance, 105 hours or more. She has My caught God. me. She has caught Dude, you up a, to me. A good head start on a her. A week and a,
0: a half at least. Head
3: start.
0: So I would love to see the numbers on Lawrence. She has not like linked her profile to a Nintendo account or done the online stuff, so I, I don't think it tallies in you there. You still can,
1: I think. I think all local profiles save that. Yeah. It doesn't show. It doesn't show. matter. It really? T- it's not That's showing not, for her.
0: Uh, weird. Because I, w- I was to say, I
2: didn't think the Playtime was linked to any kind of internet I really account. So I,
0: I went, like, a uh, so I was logged in as her, and I went to, like, look at her her list of games played, which is only one, yeah. of course, and uh, it, it did not say. And I went to click on it, and it said to link to... Um, to a nintendo profile which i thought was interesting very weird
2: actually you know what that might that might make sense because like nintendo's like my nintendo program is now linked to your account so you don't have to go onto the website and punch in like the game's code to get the rewards anymore as soon as you play the game it automatically links to your account and you get the rewards that way gotcha maybe maybe that is right Mm -hmm.
0: then well i'm at 90 hours myself I believe, and she's gotta be she's gotta be maybe another 2030, but I would think just seeing the proportion for John's situation I feel like that's that's where we're at yeah. John posted a picture the other day as as we do from time to time in our, our gaming group, uh, you know, just sitting outside having a, a beverage and he's got his Switch uh, she's got hers, and like that right there is hashtag life goals, man that is it <laughs> That is it. It's been fun. So I'm yeah. super stoked that she's into it. Yeah, for sure. Um Rashad, crazy numbers, right?
3: Yeah. Um I was just thinking of something in my head as you guys were talking about that. I'm really trying to think, and I'm it's my my next statement isn't going to be hyperbole. I do not know a single Switch owner who does not own this game. I'm really trying to like, think like literally,
1: I might be in the same boat. Yeah.
3: I can't I, think of anybody. Yeah.
1: I might make it unanimous.
3: So that that puts it in perspective for me. Um, and again, the little bit of time I've dabbled into it, I know I probably have to. You know, I, I hear, I see everyone's hours on my switch, and then I'm hearing this, uh, and then I'm just, I look at my profile, and I'm, I think I'm gonna hide my, because uh, <laughs> then you just see me, and it's like, uh, too late. five out, uh, five hours.
0: <laughs> John, screenshot it. Yeah. A measly five
1: hours.
3: Bump, so uh,
0: I can't believe like, all right. So we're sitting here recording this April 29th. If you would have told me,
1: five hours, is right even
0: release date, March 20th, that I would have the number of hours that I have on it, that it would in effect have far and away blocked me from making any significant process or progress in doom eternal. I would have said, you're nuts. I would have bet you anything. And here we are. And I sucked 90 hours into the game, and like if we pull a mine and Lawrence, no, no, never would have guessed it. Um, <laughs> it's it's crazy, but it, I, I love it. Cool. I absolutely love it.
2: Very cool. It's so crazy. Like there, like all of these huge switch releases seem to keep one upping each other. Like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out and based on the numbers that we're tracking, it's like, okay, this is easily going to overtake Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as the best-selling Switch game. This thing has crazy legs. Everybody's playing Super Smash Brothers. Then Pokemon Sword and Shield come out, and you look at the sales number on that, the outrageous um first six weeks numbers on then you're like okay now this is going to top super smash brothers ultimate to be the highest selling switch game now you got animal crossing which seems like it's on pace to beat pokemon sword and shield it's just these huge nintendo releases keep one upping each other and these sales numbers are going to be outrageous like just you really can't emphasize enough how big of a turnaround the Switch's software sales were compared to the wii us which was notorious for terrible software sales
0: Oh you couldn't be any further away. Um it's it's unbelievable the just, amount of success. It's the MCU, Nintendo right? What? It's every oh, yeah. every release just builds on the last one. Yeah. For the most part. I think Nintendo Animal Crossing s- is
1: a little unfair in this situation. I don't know if Animal Crossing would have come close to Smash Brothers and Pokemon numbers if it wasn't for the situation we're in. It would have that's sold no. it, it well. Would, it would have had great lifetime sales. It would have probably sold 10, 15, maybe 20 million. like some, Something like that. It would, have, it would have done great. It wouldn't have broken records set by Call of Duty Black Ops 3. <laughs> like, no, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that, You can't that's get fair. away from that. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, I don't know. I would love to know. That's something, obviously, that will never know but i would love to see what effect that truly had on this game um and how much of a difference it made because i feel like it would have been like oh, easily the most popular title of the first quarter regardless agreed but with this quarantine how far did that really push those those sales numbers for sure uh, you know interesting topic Yeah, uh, moving on here so the other ac really animal crossing is the ac <laughs> now uh but uh assassin's creed uh so by the time you're watching this uh it's going to be on April thirtieth. We're going to get more information from Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is official. We're going to be uh, we're going to be playing. We assume as some uh, some Vikings. We got a little bit of a, a promotional bit of art. Uh, you'll know him as Boss Logic on social media, but it, it shows a a pretty beautiful axe there. Yeah, and uh, I got to say, right off the bat, with just that teaser image, I'm intrigued. Long story short, I did not care for Assassin's Creed Origins. I felt that it was too messy of an RPG, and I know I was in the vast minority on that. But In uh, playing about 10 hours or so on Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I really enjoy what they did with that game and how they kind of refined the formula that originated um, Assassin's Creed Origins. This one, I, uh, I cannot wait to see what this trailer reveal looks like. John, I know uh you said odyssey was the first uh, correct me if I'm wrong Odyssey was the first AC game that you really enjoyed
1: uh first one I've even played in a while but yes definitely enjoyed so I would say the I tried Assassin's Creed uh and then I hopped back in, and that just didn't didn't grab me I understood like I, I probably put 10 12 hours into it got my feel for the combat knew I liked it just didn't really care much about the story or the worlds uh just got burnt out on it quickly and then I tried again with Assassin's Creed 4 um and I don't know why that game didn't grab me. I know people love that one. That's Black Flag. That's the, the pirate ships and stuff like that. Just didn't do it for me either. So I, so I just took a hiatus, and I'm like, these games aren't for me. And then all of a sudden, I was gifted Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, for Christmas. Must have been, what, 2018, 2017? um 2018, 2018 and, and i loved it i, I just uh, i popped it in i started playing it i'm like man this is uh this is a lot more open there's a, a lot more rpg elements that i'm liking here i really like this almost like nemesis system that i have where i'm, where I'm tracking these people down and i'm hunting like bounties like it was, it was really cool I, I i digged it a lot um never finished it it was one of those where i probably put 50 or 60 hours into did a lot of side missions spent a lot of time in that world um wasn't invested enough in the overall story to to Care once I once I got my my fix of that game my, my fix of that game was just living in that world. I opened up all most of the map. I, I visited awesome places. I did lots of cool side John quests. John Fick doing side missions. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, like that's almost. That's that's if there's a game that I really care about the story, I'm gonna I'm gonna critical path it. And I'm not gonna touch a side mission. I want to know how the story happens, right? But if there's a sure. but if but if there's like an open world game that I really am just like so so on the story, I'm more I'm more likely to just go through and experience the world and, and put it down without without ever seeing the uh, the end of the story. And you know what? Now that I just reminded myself, I'm probably gonna go watch like a, a story recap of Assassin's Creed Odyssey just to see how it did end. I'm not gonna pick that game back up, but I put tons of time into it and had a lot of fun with it. So. so- Interesting
0: uh, little tidbit there, John. You're saying if you enjoy the in an open world game, the story you just rifle through it without exploring. Yep.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Again, not so black and white. Like I'll I'll, I'll dabble and dabble a little bit, but like for the most part, if I'm like intrigued, I will. I'm critical path. I want to know next beat what happens, what happens, what happens. Gotcha, Jeff.
0: Uh, in your experience with you know some of the various larger scale games you've played. How, how much do you dive into side missions? Uh, does it vary on how much you, you like the world, the, the story? What's your thought?
2: I think it depends more so on what my schedule is looking like. Like, for example, when I first played Fire Emblem Three Houses, which was when it released last summer, I barely did any of the additional missions or side missions on that. And, you know, that's unusual for me because I love Fire that's one of my favorite series. The reason I didn't do that was because I knew I had a 40-hour game here, and I only had a month until Astral Chain came out, which I wanted to get to day one. So I wanted to get through Fire Emblem quickly, even though I absolutely love this game, I love this world, and I love that franchise. I just I, I knew I did not have the time to go through all of the different side missions on there. If my schedule's a little more open, like when, say, Breath of the Wild came out, yeah, I will do anything and everything that game offers.
0: You guys might be losing me.
1: No, we got you. Uh, I was hoping no, I got you. Just, <laughs> a, good. Okay. just a nice little pregnant pause there. No no technical issues. <laughs> is cat- pregnant pause? Yeah. <laughs> You've never heard that term? Okay. No, no. Didn't you go to school for media? You've never heard that term? Never. Oh, my God. <laughs> never. So, yeah, what is what is that?
2: I don't know why it's called <laughs> that. Okay, so I'm <laughs> not the only one who has I'm to just heard familiar thing. with the term. <laughs> Go on, elaborate, because there's at least two of us here who don't know what
1: it oh, is. Oh, I don't know why it is, is what it. I don't know the the meaning behind it. I just know the term. So oh. I
0: think what has to happen is after this episode, I'm going to look up what that is, and then for two weeks down the road, we'll talk about it. Forget that. I'm doing it right now. I got tech. We got technology, man. So next bullet point here, uh, a little Google Stadia news. Uh, so there was a, a Stadia Connect live stream a few days ago. We've got some, uh, some new titles that were announced that are coming uh, to the, the service here. Rashawn, I believe you had uh, some things that you wanted to say about Google Stadia or this, uh, this live stream in general.
3: Y'all sure y'all yeah, don't want to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. I actually, I have a Stadia... Go right ahead, Stadia man. I will oh, wait.
2: Oh,
1: oh.
3: <laughs> oh, oh no. So I was I, so
2: confused. I, know, I was like,
1: wait, God has Stadia? Yeah, they, they were saying they weren't they weren't shipping like a physical console, but I actually got one. Limited edition. Uh came in uh right around launch and it's kind of just been doing its thing. Stadia's been weren't you
2: so hyped about it before it came out?
1: That's what I got.
3: Actually, you know what, Joe, <laughs> let, let me take let me take this. Let me take this. <laughs> it's all um, you man. So, go get them platinum prints. <laughs> <laughs> so, we had the Stadia Connect, and obviously, they're breaking down you know a bunch of stuff that they got coming, right? Um, and throughout the entire 16 minutes, I am watching the Stadia Connect. I am absolutely dumbfounded, bored, <laughs> and just disappointed. Um, I get. And and we talked about this, I think, two weeks ago when I was on my first show here about Google and how I've definitely, even after what I'm about to say, I'm not going to write them off because Google has way too many resources to necessarily just, you know, crumble. I think they could still, whenever it'll be at this point, who knows, but they still have resources that they can put into this thing to where they can one day uh, tomorrow or five years from now or 50 years from now, make this a... (laughs) maybe semi successful uh platform that gamers can enjoy. With that being said, in the present day, this is like John was showing trash. Um <laughs> let's get into what was talked about here. So the one, the only cool thing about this connect is the fact that hey, Stadia f- uh Pro free for two months. Hey man, anytime you give any anybody a free thing, I can't I can't fault and you that, for that and God. that
1: wasn't even news to come out of this Connect. We've known about that. I've, I've had. I've. I'm I'm two and a half weeks into my free two months of Stadia. So
3: exactly, it was just something that they they had to throw in there, and I guess luckily they did, or else this entire thing would have been trash. But I think the entire thing was anyway. So when you look at the core foundation of Stadia, this the core business model is already flawed, in my opinion. When you look at how why on earth would i pay full price for a stadia game when i can that that i technically don't own or anything like that And i know there's a lot of legal stuff that you can talk about with well technically if you don't if you buy a game digitally on psn you technically don't own that either i, I get the logistics but when it comes to when it comes to this why would I play by a cloud version of a game when I can, for the same price for $60 when I can buy the same game on my PlayStation or my Xbox for the same price? And it's just there. I don't have to worry about being connected to anything. I have it on a physical console. So that I know has a lot of people from the beginning up in arms. But that's something that is still um, still bugs me about it. And then when you look at the value for the customer, I mean, what value is this providing? I I'll argue it provides none. When you look at the games that they talked about during this connect, uh, the you know the three big ones. There, was, there were other ones too, but the three big ones that I that I wrote down here: PUBG, Doom Eternal, and Fallen Order. PUBG, I mean, okay, cool. Uh, I don't see a lot of people talking about it as much anymore, but PUBG, you know, still is a big game uh, for a lot of people. Uh Doom Eternal, they were hyping up Doom Eternal. Like we don't already know that it's how like Doom Eternal isn't like, oh, like this is gonna be coming out uh this fall and we're gonna have it on Stadia. Like Doom Eternal's been out already. And most of these games obviously have been out, but just the hype that they were generating around that, I kind of don't get, but I can see the argument of okay, it's a new release, fine. Uh fallen order. Um cool that fallen order is coming to the platform. Uh, you know, we're not on game of the year or anything, but Fallen Order actually was my personal game of the year of 2019. I'm gonna fully support Fallen Order on every platform that I can get on, but it's coming this fall, a full year after it came out on on, on consoles already. Who in the right mind is gonna be buying Fallen Order a year or eight, a year later on Stadia at this point that genuinely cares about Star Wars or, or this game in particular? I think nobody. Um, and when you just look at the product that they're offering, it just seems to be a subpar product. I mean, there's a lot of reports on connection issues uh, universally across the board, whether your connection is terrible, whether your connection is amazing. There's just a lot of you know reports about connection issues on the thing. Um, a lot of people were hoping for iOS support. Uh, we didn't get any of that. It's still strictly um, Android only. I would assume that's going to come at some point in the future. But you know, it's tough to say. That could have been something that could have added value to a lot of people for this thing. Um, and then the final question I genuinely just have to ask is: Okay, you you gave St- Stadia away, uh, Stadia uh, Pro free away for two months. Cool, but why should I buy Stadia Pro for the free games that you mentioned? Were the only free game I can really? Remember that had any kind of relevance and not as much relevance anymore as Destiny Two. I mean, you're not really providing anything here that is worth the time and effort to put up with the already flawed business model of Google Stadia. And when you look at something like X Cloud, and when we're looking, if we compare it to cloud gaming and don't compare it to something that's a you know a physical console, X Cloud is on the verge, and they're already there of blowing stadia out of the water. And I talked about that two weeks ago on this show. Um, I I don't know. The point of the conference, you know, it's tough to say, like, I don't, I don't understand what the point of this was. Like, I feel like this could have been like, you could have posted an article about this. I don't think this necessarily needed to be, full this little presentation that they tried to do and and at the end of the day i know they're still trying to get their feet wet but i feel like stadia has had at this point plenty of time to formulate some kind of business model that seems successful to add some kind of uh value to this service and there's no there's none of that i'm not playing doom eternal on on stadia i'm not going to be playing fallen order again on stadia and i think i'm not alone in that bunch so (sighs) What is it going to take for them to necessarily make this thing better? I think, first of all, you got to eliminate full price from this thing. Like, you can't be charging full price or close to retail price for these games that people can otherwise just get on other platforms and just have it there. They'll have their physical disc, they'll have it downloaded on their PlayStation, and they'll sleep well at night, not worrying about if Google Stadia is going to, you know, crumble to bits within the next couple of days or weeks. Lost Josiah. Yeah, um, it's, it was bound to happen. We knew Google it would happen. Shut, oh, we're
1: not, we're... <laughs> Google
3: Google shutting me down here. Yeah. Um But yeah, yeah, so that, that that's my take on it. There's not there's not a value. The business model is flawed, and I think it's gonna take some time for them to really just reevaluate this entire this entire product and really think about what is it going to take for them to be competitive because once xcloud takes off it's over and god forbid don't let sony get it together with playstation now for next generation <laughs> because you know that's just another that's just something else that 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 they'll have to deal with so, so.
1: what i'm laughing at only people who are watching this right now will understand you guys won't when you when Josiah dropped my OB, <laughs> my OBS scene crashed because it lost your source, so it literally cycled through PlusCast MCU and review, and then back to Geeks Got Game. <laughs> so we, we've had we've had a smorgasbord. We've had them all, all of our templates, because Josiah disconnected. <laughs> it's like clockwork. It's great. Rashawn, you were from my end. You were choppy. I'm gonna need you to repeat all of that. No, first of all, <laughs> Rashawn, you were good on my end. I'm all that matters because I'm the local recording. I do want to respond yeah. a little bit though, just real quick. Um, I don't. Ahead. I I lifted the trash can. I think Stadia is trash right now, <laughs> but I'm still a believer. I really am. I was. I was when they were launching this and when they were hyping it up. Um, I think cloud gaming could be great, and I think Google could do it. What they need for me is. Man, I really wish they would have just launched this in early access and just put that put that that title on it. I think they would have had a lot of a lot less stress if they would have just said, "Hey, Google Stadia isn't beta right now." Um but what I what I need from Stadia is a game a current game that I want to pick up and play. They have the right idea with a game like Destiny 2. First of all, the fact that it's free to play, that's awesome. The fact that it is um cross progression that's exactly what i want i want a game like destiny 2 that's relevant right now so i want like give give me call of duty modern warfare where i can hop in and play warzone and i can play it on my ipad need ios support first for that i can play it on my macbook i can play it on my phone all that kind of stuff that's what i want from stadia i I wouldn't pay for pro but i would buy a game on stadia if i could use my cross progression to just play it anywhere um that's and then the, the last thing would be Where's the exclusive titles? I mean, they, they've put some effort in, they put some money into some studios, some developers. Who Who's going to invest in this if you don't have a single game worth playing that's not better elsewhere? The last point I have on it. Rishon, I don't know how you kept a straight face just now when I almost fell back into my
2: bookshelf. <laughs> 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 my chair dipped back pretty solid for
1: a second. I just. If, if just there's- state-
3: the Stadia disappointment just has me um, He you went,
1: he went full Stephen A. Smith right just, there.
0: Stadia like just I de- knew somebody this was episode. Make it really did. <laughs> Stadia really so, did. There's no better advertisement if you're listening to the podcast version and, of this. To go and, check and re- it
3: out on YouTube. Yeah. There's a lot of shenanigans. And and real quick also, don't get it twisted. It's not that I want Stadia to fail either. Cloud gaming can seriously um be, a future uh, it's actually a realistic future um that we have here with this it's just that when it when it comes to the way that they're tackling this like john just mentioned again no exclusive titles um nothing that makes me want to jump out and try like and and even give this a try even um there's nothing there um again there's some little things here um one thing i will give them a little bit of credit for uh securing octopath traveler that's That's, uh that's pretty interesting, only because that's I, before that was a switch exclusive. Uh, so not even Sony and Microsoft got their hands on that. So that it's that's, on Steam, it's on PC, yeah. It's it's it's, it's on Steam. Steam, okay. been on Steam okay.
1: For a little while now. Uh, okay, actually.
3: okay. Fair enough, fair enough. There we go. Um, but I, I think that's something that's you know big. You know, some for the for the JRPG lovers out there. Um, and and the and the an idea the idea of cloud gaming really appeals me again being able to take your games anywhere and that cross progression thing that John was talking about is really intriguing too. It's just that I think at some point, uh, whether it's now, whether it's you know, a couple more blunders down the road, I think it's going to come to a point where Google is going to have to go back to the drawing board with this thing. And like John said, I wish this was an early access thing because it may get to a point where the stigma is so bad. They may have to go through a rebrand with Stadia, uh, which You know, could potentially be the worst case scenario besides them just completely having to drop this thing altogether, which I don't don't see that happening. Again, if this was a lesser company, potentially, but again, Google has the resources to make this work. And that's the reason why I'm so disappointed. You have the resources to make it work, fix this and make it even make it even it's not even competitive. Make it a, a, a topic of conversation that's not rants and just disappointment. Yeah, we hadn't even
0: talked about Stadia until last episode in who knows how long. Maybe since before launch, Yeah, which is kind of surprising. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think uh, some of the infrastructures there. It's got to be refined and executed better. I don't know if we're too far gone to the point of a, a rebrand, but um, I, I like the, the thought behind it. If, and maybe they can refine that a little bit as we move forward.
3: They better uh, fix it by the time these next-gen consoles come out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The clock
0: is ticking for sure. Well, last news point here. uh, That's Star Wars. That's weird. Anyway, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is getting its last major update. So I have to say this is an impressive run for DICE supporting this game over the last few years since they had the tough launch uh, in 2017. The Battle on Scarif update. I think it should be called the Battle of Scarif, but anyway, the Battle on Scarif update will not only add the tropical planet location from Rogue One to multiple modes, but will also add new hero and villain looks primarily based on the rise of Skywalker. Kylo Ren with his reforged mask, a new version of Emperor Palpatine, and the one I am most excited for, Rey with a yellow lightsaber. I think that is really, really cool. Oh, Interesting enough, it is only a single bladed lightsaber. Thought it that was kind of noteworthy. Uh, the other thing is, if you reach five thousand kills with Darth Maul, it will add his old master appearance. Basically, that is the Clone Wars version we see with the mechanical legs. Also, if you uncover quote quote uh, uncover the mystery on Takodana end quote, you will earn Ray's hooded look when we see her in Octu on uh, or in Episode Nine. So. Kind of, like I said, an impressive run here. We got about two and a half years worth of free content updates from the team at DICE. They are going to be moving on to creating a, uh, or working on a new Battlefield game that will come in 2021. John, reaction at all on either the Battlefront 2 update or the new Battlefield? Not
1: much. Good to see them supporting this game, um... Never touched Battlefront 2. I was one of those guys who did not like the way it launched and uh, the, the stuff that that game kind of represented out of the gate. So I voted with my wallet, and doesn't matter if that game's free. I'm just not going to touch it. Um, glad to see the people who did invest in it are getting some more content, though. It's it's cool. I'm glad. They, they definitely flipped the script on it. I mean, they, they've done right by their, their customers, the people who did spend the money on it. They've definitely flipped that around, and I'm happy for them. But, um, yeah, not much for me.
0: luck anything on either Battlefield or Battlefront 2? Sorry, man. I got I got nothing. Rashawn.
3: Uh yeah. So <laughs> he's so
2: pissed right now. <laughs> me? Yeah. No,
0: we got stuff to get to. You did me a favor.
3: <laughs> um, I'll I'll make the, the battlefield point quick, only because obviously not much information here, but pretty cool seeing that we're gonna be able to get in a, another battlefield. You know, I'm I'm sure a lot of people will be excited about that. When it comes to the battlefront point, I'm in a very uh, I think I'm in a, one of the in a unique situation for this at least in this call only because i have the same attitude as john and i normally have this attitude with games like that i personally uh think that you know game some games like destiny um a game that's going back to earlier this gen evolve um even though that's still oh, kind geez. of that that never actually recovered um yeah, there's there's certain games that have these obviously these online mechanics um, and obviously these uh, microtransaction type systems at first. And we all know the story what happened with Battlefront 2 at launch. Um, and I was a person, of course, an early adopter at Star Wars. Of course, I bought it. So. I was disappointed with, of course, that product. I, w- I was absolutely furious. Um, and I generally, once a, once a product makes me furious, I generally, especially gaming, I generally never go back. Because at that point, that's wasted time. Time's the most valuable resource that you have. Once you waste my time, I feel cheated. I really don't want much to do with you anymore. Star Wars, I... I'm like, I gave it one last shot, and the only reason why is because a couple of my best friends were begging me like, Listen, man, it's, it's different. They made updates to it, and for the longest time, I wasn't trying to hear it. I'm like, no man, I'm not I'm not doing it. Why, why would I go back to it at this point like two years later? um I finally cracked, and I'm like, You know what? it's Star Wars. I have nothing else to play. Let's just see let's see what it is If it's a train wreck, I'll go on another rant and <laughs> and if it's good hey I, then i then i make up. it's really good now um again i know years later um but it it's really good now the amount i i will give dice credit the amount of effort content everything that they've done has been has been first class when it comes to content being added to this game um so now that it's pretty much wrapped up the thing that i'm going to take away from this game is battlefront 3 better be amazing at launch that's what i'll say on that point because there's no excuses now we know that dice is capable of making amazing amazing games again battlefield again we know the history with that um battlefront we we didn't know at first but with these content updates that they've been progressively adding it's gotten a lot better. And I looked at an article earlier today, 26 updates overall for this game. So they've supported this game. They've, and they're going to continue to support it. Um, But for whenever they decide to make battlefield three, there is no excuse why that shouldn't be amazing at launch.
0: Yeah. I, I was definitely in the minority in enjoying the game at launch. Despite knowing what it went through with how it was presented in the microtransactions and all that, I feel and like you said, there's 26 updates to this. Like there is almost no major character and no planet that you can't visit, no battle that you can't like can't recreate from the movies. It is really, really impressive, and it's got that dice gameplay feel to it. Uh, definitely not for everybody. Still, that being said, but I will say, I feel like they almost went a probably farther than they should have with the free content, which is kind of crazy to say. I agree.
3: I, I would they, agree with that.
0: I'm not, I'm not here to complain about free content, but they could have dropped this a year ago and I would have been like, wow, they really added a lot with the, the Clone Wars and the Han Solo stuff. Like they, they did a lot. So that being said, it's nice to see such a dramatic change, a dramatic 180 from where they were in that week before launch to, to now. Definitely night and day. It, yeah, and they could have just dropped.
3: A, they could have just dropped whether it's free or paid for. They could have just dropped one DLC. Hey, you know, we fixed what we could. We added whatever, and and that's it. On to the next game. But they they did it, again twenty six updates. I, yeah. I repeat. Um. So again, I'll say it one last time. No excuse for Battlefront 3 to be trash at release, Um, at least in my my opinion. I know Joe feels differently, but there's there's no excuse and they know what it takes now to please Star Wars fans Um, and and just gamers in general, because, you know, whether you're a Star Wars fan or not, a lot of people were disappointed with that initial product. So do it right the first time now
0: and i think a lot of that majority (laughs) of that stems from ea because i always felt the gameplay was there uh it's how how it was priced Uh, Mm um that you know that wasn't great obviously so uh the battle on scarif that is playable now for free so if you have battlefront 2 jump back into that world this is a game i revisit every few months just to get a few online multiplayer matches uh, on xbox live so i'm sure i'll be revisiting that shortly uh game of the year talk we want to get into just some of these games here. There's one last uh, thing that we had on the we didn't have on the news list I thought was super interesting. I am a lifelong huge Seinfeld fan. Uh, a kind of interesting thing popped up about a week and a half ago. there's a game that two developers are, are trying to make. About nothing. Uh, so you can go to www.seinfeldgame.com right now for more info. But there's a hilarious minute and a half trailer of kind of a point and click adventure like you'd imagine, maybe in like a telltale game about Seinfeld, about choosing dialogue options as one of the four main characters from that show. And I'm telling you, I would eat this up all day long, even with no real end game, because, hey, it's Seinfeld, a show about nothing. Hopefully it turns into a game about nothing. I'll include a link in the article to this uh, video and podcast at thegeekaverse.com. If you like Seinfeld, this is something that you got to get behind. So, Game of the Year talk. We, uh, as we mentioned here, uh, Game of the Year Watch 2020. We're going to dive into just a, a brief conversation about some of the games that we believe will be front runners as we get towards the end of 2020. But seeing that we're uh, the first quarter and a month into this year already, we'll get into to some of the titles here. John, I'm going to have you go first. Why don't you pick one title here? uh, Maybe make a case for it, or your prediction, if you will, for what you think might hang around towards the end of the year, or if you want to choose two.
1: I'm going to go. So, I mean, it's tough for me because honestly, there's been a lot of really, really solid games, um, but nothing like that's traditionally what I'm looking for in game of the year, in a game that like, stands out to me as the game that had the most impact on me um i'll take the easy one in my book and go animal crossing just because of its impact um do i think animal crossing will hang when it comes to actually picking game of the year no uh not even just with the games out there that are left to come out um it's just it's gonna be tough to make a case for a game like this when it has a I don't even know why I say that. I think that's just like preconceived notions with like what game of the year, game of the year usually is. It's usually the biggest and the, the the most content and the prettiest, most polished. There's a lot of different ways you can think about game of the year, I guess. And for whatever reason, none of those filters I usually use for game of the year are what Animal Crossing does for me. Animal Crossing is one of those like those time sync games uh it, it kind of relaxation we've talked about it on on all of our shows mm-hmm. so we know what that game is um it stands out because of how how good it's how well it's doing how successful it's been um i think it's going to get a lot of talk but i don't think it'll eventually hang but it's the first one on our list so i just took that one
0: it may be there for our list honestly uh we vote at the end of the year for uh, kind of what we call the geek awards and i mean today i think that would be it uh Pavlok, any any game or games that you want to speak to on our list uh, past Animal Crossing?
2: Um, not past Animal Crossing. I mean, it, I would have echoed most of what John said. You know, right now, Animal Crossing would be my pick. However, I think by the end of 2020, it's not going to stack up to what I expect to be the elite games that eventually release this year. Um, it, it does have some tedium to it. There's a few unrefined parts, specifically the online functionality. Um, so I think it's a very good game. Um, I love it, and it's amazing the impact it's having on our society. I don't think it'll quite be a solid game of the year contender by the end of the year. Um, that said, though, once 2020 is over with, I think the game that we're most going to remember is Animal Crossing for its cultural impact and its its influence on
1: society. Yeah, I think that's almost like more so the Pokemon Go effect than it is. Th- sure, speaking to the actual quality of the game, like it, right, it, not it, uh, the
2: best game mechanically, but the best game for its impact and its widespread influence. Yeah.
0: Rashawn, I, I know you can speak to a few of these that we've got on our list. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, give us maybe one or two of those and your general thoughts on if they're going to stick around, if they've got a shot at this thing.
3: So, my question to the group, actually, um, I'm leaning towards no, it doesn't. But does Persona Five Royal count? I'm leaning towards no. It's tough.
1: It's it's a it's an interesting conversation. I think a lot of outlets are going to have to have a a very clear guideline as to why or why not it does count or why it doesn't count. Um the fact of the matter is it is Persona 5. It was a 2017 game. It's not even a remaster. It's it's a re-release of Persona 5 with new features and new content. So it's a repackaged right. game. It's not like P- it's not like Persona Five didn't come out this generation. I know it came out for PS3 as well, but it had a day and date PS4 release. This game came out in 2017. The full story. I mean, it's not like it's it's not it's not HD remastered. Some of those you know some of those terms that we we hear a lot when we talk about remastered games is very much a repackaging of Persona Five with extra content, a lot of extra content, a lot of great extra content, a lot of awesome quality of life features. But yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, again, I, I think it's got a, I think it's got a shot because the closest example I think of that
2: is back in the day, Ninja Gaiden Black. What that was to the original Ninja, Ninja Gaiden from two thousand four, Ninja Gaiden Black is just is the same, the very same thing as Persona Five Battle Royale. It's it was an expanded re release. Um, but it was. It's often. Ref, it's often kind of like referred to it as its own game. Like you, you don't say Ninja Gaiden. You always say Ninja Gaiden Black. Like that's yeah. the release that people think of, sure. and it's often regarded as one of the best games of that generation. So, might be a shot.
1: Interesting. I mean, we see oh. stuff like that with like Pokemon they, when they do their third releases, like your Pokemon your no. you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, they're, yeah. they're again, they, they're the same game. There's just there's more to it. So it's it's an yeah, interesting. Like what Platinum yep. Platinum was Emerald. Yeah. yeah. I think so, it's
0: in the general conversation. However, I would say, from a geekiverse standpoint, we would probably not make it eligible only because we would probably not classify it. Like John said, exactly, as, a as new enough game. of a you know a new game. It, it's it's just kind of how we do it. But you know, that being said, in being a title that has been released this year in the package that is Persona Five Royal, pretty incredible from everything that you've played and said about it. So okay. here's I,
2: here. Oh, I wait, totally wait. said it was Battle Royale. Did yeah, I? you
3: did. I, I gave you a little. I look. was
2: thinking of the mo- <laughs> I was thinking of the movies <laughs> when I was saying that. I think.
3: Whoops. So we totally just jo- realized that. <laughs> so Joe, let me do something real quick. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your question and I'm going to break it up. So my answer to your to the initial question, what is my game of the year? Then using this criteria, it's going to be Final Fantasy Seven Remake for me. Uh, present day. Oh yeah, we missed um, that <laughs> on this list. Yeah, I was insulted. I didn't say anything. because <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to No, that that was that was <laughs> no, like a we clear knew it was there. That was a clear yeah. like miss. Yeah. so. So, uh for those who think who want to <laughs> skip over Final Fantasy VII, do not. Um when when it comes to this game, what Square was able to do with this game is again, to this day like I talked about in the first segment of the show is still I'm still wrapping my brain around it only because they had they had their backs against the wall in a way. This was a project that's been in development for I, I believe five years, five, five and a half years. Um, and for those of us that don't remember, I was trying to remember, I should have looked at the article before we came on, but I want to say this was two, two and a half years ago that a lot of us remember that article that came out, that Square was actually had to restart the game, um, actually. So being with all of this controversy behind it, and if we're being honest, um, even as Square fans... Square's track record with this stuff—they had to restart Kingdom Hearts three, had to restart Final Fantasy seven remake. We know the dilemma with Versus thirteen and Final what became Final Fantasy fifteen that took place over the course of almost a decade. So they don't have the best track record when it comes to organization and being able to have a plan that starts here and ends here. It's there's always you know stuff that's being juggled in the middle, but. They knocked this out of the park uh, for a game that a lot of people call the greatest of all time with uh, the original Final Fantasy seven tall order to live up to. But I think they I think they nailed it. the gameplay, the combat is this is the best combat engine I think I've played this generation. Um, it really requires even though it is an action RPG, you can't just go in there hacking and slashing. You really do have to have a plan of attack. Uh, the characters a lot of us know about, uh, people who aren't even final fantasy fans know who cloud and Sephiroth are like the the cultural impact that final fantasy 7 original even up until now has had on gaming is insane um and just seeing all that brought to real life in, in 2020 is, is incredible uh, i don't want to go too far with this only because we do have a review uh coming out for final fantasy 7 remake um in the coming days or, or, or weeks uh there where we can really dive into that but for a lot of those reasons i just stated i would i would argue final fantasy 7 for now part two to this question is do i think it'll hang i absolutely do uh this is one of the best uh jrpgs of, of the generation um this is one of the, the it has everything you want it has character development it has an engaging story um, it has the amazing combat. It has the the stunning visuals. Uh, there's nothing that this game really doesn't have besides an open world. And we, based on the product that we we know we're getting, if you play the original Final Fantasy VII, you know that is coming. This is a game that's still technically not even done. Um, so for them to give us this full package for a part of the game in the original, that was the first what five to six hours of the game. And they expanded that to 30 to 40 and made it engaging. I think, I think a lot of that speaks for itself. So I do think it'll hang. Uh, Obviously we have some other uh, titles that we pray that are still coming out that this can compete with, but I believe it can hang there to the end. Uh, Joe, one thing I want to add real quick. The reason why I asked the persona five Royal question is because I want to expand upon this a little bit um and i have to talk about this game because it did come out this year but i do understand that it can't be eligible for a game of the year but i'm gonna be hard pressed and i think we're in a unique situation this year to talk about something like this i'm gonna be hard pressed to think of any game this generation that was better uh persona 5 royal just real quick is it might be my game of the generation so final fantasy 7 remake might take my 2020 potentially uh but persona 5 royal might take the generation for me for me this this game what they did it, it's incredible everything i said about final fantasy 7 remake applies to this game and they did it even better than square did Um, Sure, I would still take the combat engine overall, uh, Final Fantasy VII, just more engaging to me over Persona, but the combat of Persona, it's it's no slouch. Uh, It's still very fun and engaging, uh, depending on how you play it. But the story is is amazing. Um, If we talk about character development, it doesn't get better than Persona 5 Royal. It literally, by the end of the game has you tearing up that you're going to have to say goodbye to these characters, even for those who did play the original persona five. So persona five Royal, I, I have to throw in here. It has to get talked about. Um, And I, I said this in a couple gaming gaming uh, groups before, uh, but I never got, got to say it on this show, whatever your favorite game of all time is, uh, a classic Zelda a classic Mario uh, something maybe like a chrono trigger or final fantasy seven original, or the, wh- whatever your favorite game of all time is this game is in that conversation. If you think that game is one of the best, because the best and favorite is two different things. This game is in that conversation. This game is in the conversation with some of the best games that have ever come out. Um, just because it, it does everything you want it to do. And I know the only thing that can potentially scare people away from Persona 5 is that it's 100 hours plus. Um, but John will attest to you. You'll start at 20. You'll be at 20 hours. And, b- and before you blink, you're at 50. Yeah. It goes by so quick. That's what happened to and me in little, the last like, week and a half. <laughs> it's insane. And little monotonous tasks. Well, not monotonous in Persona, for Persona 5, but in other games, making coffee, uh, studying and doing homework uh talking to this character for the 50th time in other games you're like all right like i'm, I'm i've had enough of this let's move on and persona 5 royal you cherish every single moment um, and there's not there's no wasted time. There's always if you're if you're playing Persona 5 and you can't and, and you think, oh, there's nothing to do today. Let me just end the day. You're not playing it right. There's yeah. always something that you could be doing. Just like in real life, a real, real life simulator. There's technically always something that you could be doing. There's never necessarily. Oh, there's nothing for me to do. There's always something that you could be doing. And Persona 5 Royal has that to it. Um So without going too far, too far, you know, down the rabbit hole here, uh, Persona 5 Royal definitely should be mentioned again. I can't necessarily win a game of the year and it had its shine in 2017 to do that. But uh, it definitely when this generation is said and done for me is going to be my game of the generation is going to be one of the best games of this generation for those who don't necessarily agree with me. Um, I think it's still in that conversation. And one more bold statement I'll make. um, This is the best JRPG ever made. Uh, Again, Chrono Trigger, original Final Fantasy VII, any Fire Emblem. I I think I'll take Persona 5 over all of them. it's It's that good.
0: Yeah, I man, so. your your enthusiasm and passion towards it says a lot. And for someone who traditionally wouldn't be maybe excited by a game like that, like that's contagious, and that makes me want to get involved. And of course, John too. I have very similar gaming tastes too. He's enjoying it, and like you said, he's just kind of jumped down the rabbit hole, and all these hours have gone by. Yeah. Like, I I'm probably gonna dive into this at some point. And I traditionally would not have, but the way you guys talk about it just it's, it's so speaks good.
1: volumes. The one thing I want to jump back on is Rashawn's first point. We absolutely did not mean to leave Final Fantasy VII off this list. No. That, that was a mistake. Um, and I take back basically everything I said. Final Fantasy VII, I think, is far and away the front runner for game of the year right now. And it, it is that game that I that I think of that will definitely hang. It has, it has the cinematics. It has the polish. It has the gameplay. I think Final Fantasy VII is exactly the game that I couldn't, you know i was telling you it didn't exist right now and it absolutely does <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh for me just uh, maybe two games i want to touch on that uh, that i necessarily think they'll win game of the year but uh doom eternal i know i've talked about how much uh, animal crossing has taken me away from it um i think we'll be hard pressed to to find uh maybe a better shooter than what we we've got with doom eternal very quality release wonderful stuff uh, from the team that made the 2016 doom reboot and it's built off of what we got with that game and taking things in my opinion to a new level including a story that I actually care about which I did not at all in the in the first doom the gameplay it's fast it's furious it's everything that you would imagine from a game like that um, it's a hard game to to put down and not play through all the all the way without hiccups or games in between it, which is probably why I've had some issues with doing that because you don't play for a day. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, I forgot I had this weapon and I forgot that I could get into this groove and you just, you get into a tempo and maybe, um, that is almost everyone's got a game like that. But for me, it's, it's doom eternal. And I think, you know, depending on what we get, if we get halo infinite later on this year, I think Doom's going to be at least the best shooter of the year. And it will probably be in my top five, four game of the year. Another game that I've really, really enjoyed was um, not getting th- probably the, the press on the same levels as some of the other titles we've talked about, but Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I finished that game, uh, went all the way through as quickly as I could from uh, the release uh, on Xbox Game Pass, and that is a gorgeous, artistic, colorful world with it's just teeming with atmosphere. An incredible part of that is the score behind it, which brings about the emotion in uh, a story that maybe wouldn't have been developed as deeply as it needed to be. So the team there, much like uh, Doom Eternal expanded on the original Doom that we got from 2016, I think Will of the Wisps did that, but made for an even better experience than what we got with Ori and the Blind Forest. That is a game if you enjoy platforming or relatively small scale games to an extent, that is a game that I encourage you to even just play for a few minutes. That is a, a beautiful game on so many levels. And I really enjoyed my time with it. And uh, it is a game that you'll find challenging, uh, especially on the, the higher levels. Or if you're like me, who's not very skilled at a lot of games, even on the lower levels, uh, you'll you'll find some, some challenges there. So those are, are two that I've thoroughly enjoyed so far this year. Doom Eternal, I've got a ways to go in still. I think they'll be in the conversation for me at least on my probably my final top 10 list. I don't think they'll they'll probably hang with games like Final Fantasy or even Animal Crossing, which we've covered extensively to this point. Looking at the rest of our list here, we also mentioned Half-Life, uh Neo 2, Resident Evil 3. We did not put on the list oh, in yeah. In terms of a remake, that's another game I that I that know one. will be on on many people's lists towards uh towards the top.
1: I would say. I think uh and- I think Half Life Alex deserves a pretty big shout out. Um, that is, I know none of us, I don't think any of us have touched that, right? None of us are kind of VR guys in terms of our current setups, but Half Life Alex is getting some praise, man. I mean, people are people are talking about that game as if it is a true sequel to half-life i mean and again it's a i think when we when it was first announced we were a little skeptical that okay valve's not giving us half-life three they're gonna go give us a half-life vr game interesting like you know is it gonna be a mini game is it gonna be a tech demo half-life alex is incredibly impressive um from the reviews i've seen reviews i've seen people love it from the stuff I've seen, you can do in that game with the Valve Index, with the the, the 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 full finger tracking, like people are literally writing on on whiteboards, like in their own handwriting. Like there is just inc- like there, it's a technical marvel, and people seem to really love it. So I think that you're going to see that in a lot of other uh, Game of the Year lists, maybe not ours because we're not exposed to it. None of us are maybe even that big of Half Life fans. I've played too. I really liked it, but not one of my favorite franchises ever. And I don't think we have VR, so it kind of falls through the cracks for us. But worth worth a pretty big shout-out. You're going to see that brought up a lot at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, uh, so just quickly running down kind of the, the games that we mentioned, where they stand on Metacritic as of uh, April 29th here. Persona 5 Royal, 95. Incredible. Rashawn, as uh, he can attest to that. Half-Life, uh, right behind it at 93. Animal Crossing is at 91. Ori and the Will of the Wisps at 90. Uh, this is another game that we've probably uh, fermented forgot to mention in our conversation uh, but dreams, dreams for for PS4 that is at 89 doom eternal at 88 final fantasy 7 remake at 88 and uh, let's see neo 2 at 85 and last thing i wanted to mention was resident evil 3 at 84 so all of those games scoring very well from a critical standpoint uh, commercial that's a different conversation in terms of sales obviously we talked about animal crossing to death but i'm sure um, You know, as as we get on here, we'll we'll kind of review some of the sales figures as we talk about uh, more of our game of the year watch down the line in 2020. But you can't go wrong with any of the games that we mentioned there. I think so far, you know, if nothing else happened, that's an impressive list. This is a really really good first quarter and a month of 2020.
1: No doubt, yeah. I mean, just look at first half. That's just like an incredible incredible first half. I don't think I can remember being five months into the year and having that many 90s and high 80s on Metacritic and Open Critic like it's nuts there's just like hit after hit and they're all they're all just really really solid games I mean maybe again nothing that's blown us away too much more than something like Final Fantasy 7 I think we're all kind of waiting for that Last of Us Part 2 to come out and see where the things can really tap out this year Um, but man super impressive start
0: absolutely Uh games that will. Probably, you know, consider down the line here to be on that list. Uh, Cyberpunk will be coming out in September. It, it seems, you know, nothing's changed on that front in terms of release date. Last of Us Part 2, almost certainly going to be on that list. Uh, I would imagine Ghost of Tsushima will be somewhere in the, that conversation. We'll, we'll see because that's a new IP, uh, but from a studio with an impressive pedigree so far. And um, maybe just maybe Marvel's Avengers. Cat is out on that one. We don't know where that's going to land, what kind of quality we're going to be looking at, but hopefully come September, we've got another nice hit on our hands. And then there's unannounced games. Uh, So 2020 has been great so far. We want to hear from you, the community. Get involved at facebook.com slash the Geekiverse or Twitter, uh, particularly at the underscore Geekiverse. Let us know what's your game of the year. And right now, what do you predict will be there come year's end? Ah, uh, we'll put a bow on this episode. We'll we'll wrap up things here. Final thoughts on uh, game of the year. We mentioned uh, what we think of the the existing games. Will be game of the year. Or hang around the conversation. But if you had to take a wild guess, games released or unreleased, games we haven't gotten our hands on, what do you predict Ooh. would be the overall winner? Yeah, mine. Uh, I'll I'm going to start here. I think you're going to see a good mix uh, of what we talked about. But it will come down to maybe two titles for me, Cyberpunk or Last of Us Part 2, and I would lean towards Cyberpunk probably gathering up the majority of those awards. Again, you could pick any of these and I'd be totally down with that and happy with it. Just my prediction from uh, the gut reaction. John, you pick one game, what would it be?
1: You just said it. You said both of the ones I would have brought up. Good to go. <laughs> Next.
0: Have luck. I'll also agree on
2: Cyberpunk, but I'm also going to throw Ghost of Tsushima in there. I think there's, mm. I think that is going to be a
1: masterpiece. So excited to see to see what the the ceiling is for that game.
0: Oh, I yeah. can't wait, man! I hope that's great, Rashawn. What do you think is going to be there? Year end game of the year.
3: Uh, year two, year two were solid. Last of Us and Cyberpunk. Um, and wait, is this is this including like is it would this be uh, including our list? Yeah, yeah so
0: that, whether a game has come out or has yet to come out, just taking a wild guess, what do you okay. think will stand tallest?
3: My bad, I, I'm still gonna put my money for me personally uh, that no other game will be able to give to me what Final Fantasy VII gave me this year. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand firm with that. If there is a challenger, it'd be between the two that you mentioned, Last of Us or uh, or Cyberpunk for sure, and I would lean more towards Cyberpunk. Pot- uh, potentially.
1: I think I'd agree that, that Final Fantasy will probably hang for a lot of people's conversations as well. It's a beautiful time to be a gamer. We always
0: say it. Wrapping up this uh, episode of Geek Scott Game, which you can view at slash the Geekiverse or listen to on most major podcast services. We'll go round robin here. Just quickly, where can we find you on social media? And uh, just a quick plug for Geekiverse content that you're a part of.
1: John, we'll start with you. Yeah, man. Uh, so at Disruptoid on social media. Biggest thing that I'm excited about we're working on is the MCU Reviewed. Um, We are actually about to film our very first episode. I'm assuming that's why Josiah has that shirt on. Obviously starting things off with Iron Man. Super excited. Uh, That is going to be 23 weeks of just tons and tons of fun. We've got some cool segments we're going to be throwing in, uh, getting the the audience involved, and just, just ranking and reviewing the MCU. It's what I was born for, man. So glad it's happening.
0: Love it. Mr. Pavlak,
2: what's going on? find me on twitter at jeffrey pavs and on instagram jeff pavlock the elusive austin bruner and i got something coming Uh, also sweet uh matuzo um has got a little uh contribution to something we're working on uh there was a kind of a meme going through the wrestling community recently the mount rushmore of professional wrestling who are the four most iconic or most influential professional wrestlers of all time Uh, so we got a little collaboration article coming out on that soon
0: I love it. I didn't even know that existed. Good job. Yeah, quietly good in the there. works. <laughs> good, good. I love that, Rashawn. You are the the new face here on the Geekiverse, but you are everywhere.
3: <laughs> I try to be. Um, so some updates on me. Number one, I will be joining uh, John and Joe on the uh, MCU review. Can't wait for that. I will agree with John, and my dad will tell you the same thing. I was born to review the MCU. So we're gonna be doing that. <laughs> Um I actually had a, a Twitter handle change actually. Uh so the previous episode's been young king double underscore 0 it is now uh true king 0 no double underscores no anything it's a little <laughs> bit shorter. Sounds a little bit better too. Um and one last thing is that I'm actually revitalizing my Twitch streams. Like oh, I yeah, mentioned yeah. I was working on and uh in the first episode. So uh still getting some things together. Uh, I've been doing some test streams but same as my Twitter handle Uh, True King Zero. Watch me play some games. Come hang out, chat. We'll do it up.
0: Rashawn, you're trying to tell me that your Twitter handle is not the Platinum King?
3: Uh, No, it is not. (laughs) Let's see if that's available (laughs) before this goes live. we can snag it up for him. (laughs) <laughs> that <kidding>. is not
0: <laughs> this is news to me okay, that'll, yeah. be,
3: that'll be my exclusive uh geekiverse persona <laughs> oh persona i like there how we did that. You, see I, you see what i did yeah. there
0: <laughs> persona on the brain yeah so as the boys mentioned here incredible stuff going on at the geekiverse i could talk about what we've got coming to the content lineup in may for a solid hour um We just filmed our This Month On episode, uh, so Lauren will give you kind of the rundown on everything you can uh, come to look forward to in the month of May. But uh, most notably, it is a birthday month for the Geekiverse, and we're celebrating all month long. It is our sixth anniversary, if you can believe that. Uh, We're going to have discounts in our online store. We're going to do a live stream or two AMA, uh, as well as feature an announcement uh, coming for 3 new shows coming to our youtube and podcast lineup if you can believe that it's it's super exciting uh Geek Scott game as we mentioned earlier has gone to a bi-weekly format so you can catch this every other week on youtube or your favorite podcast streaming service john i wanted to mention before i forgot so we're in a uh a fantasy uh games league so think of fantasy hockey fantasy football we did one for video games uh based on review scores Assassin's Creed Valhalla, yeah
1: baby Oh you so got that one, was one of your what, un- six unannounced <laughs> yeah. games is actually real
0: One down, five to go Yes. <laughs> so Assassin's Creed unannounced was on my list and uh, I'm upset that it's not going to be called Ragnarok, because I love Thor Ragnarok so much, but uh, Valhalla, hey I'll take it. I well, imagine
1: that's coming out this year. I don't think you're going to get that. I think the title has to be Assassin's Creed, subtitle unannounced, for you to get credit for that. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. Well,
0: it changed no. on here already to Valhalla. <laughs> so, the actually the only thing unannounced that I have left, and I I don't think I have a good shot at this because who knows what's going on. But the untitled Batman game from WB Games.
3: Oh no, no shots. Yeah, who Stop. the heck knows? Yeah, we'll yeah <laughs> we'll especially see.
0: with the quarantine, I think I'm in trouble. End the
3: podcast before I go on another rant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, I could talk about that forever, too. Uh, so, as we, we have mentioned... been talking about that forever.
3: <laughs> That's the point. Yeah,
0: I know. It never ends. So we've got our anniversary content coming up, and we've got uh, a lot of Star Wars content coming up because May the 4th is coming in just a few days' time. So if you are a Star Wars fan, visit thegeekiverse.com for a bunch of features and special episodes from the different shows that you've come to listen to. I am at Josiah de Leroy on social media. You can follow me there uh, crying about not knowing when the next Batman game is probably going to come out if ever, also my and my my weekly plug for Rocksteady. what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? It is what it is. For Rashan, for Jeff, for John, I'm Josiah. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys soon. Have a wonderful evening.